San Diego County's COVID-19 outbreak has shifted in recent weeks. When the county started providing geographical data, cases were clustered in zip codes inside San Diego itself. But now, areas in South County are seeing more dramatic rises in cases than other parts of the county. Per capita, both Chula Vista and National City have more cases than San Diego proper. The jump is cause for concern as COVID-19 exacerbates existing inequities, such as those that exist south of the 8. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is a special live episode of your San Diego News Fix. Gustavo Solis, you cover South Bay for the Union-Tribune. Let's start with context. How has the outbreak played out differently in South County? Well, I think it's just still rising in the South County, right? You're hearing county and San Diego officials already talking about shifting to lifting some of the restrictions, um, opening up some uh, community parks and potentially beaches. Uh, Officials in the South Bay aren't having those types of conversations. You know, they're having more conversations about making it mandatory to wear face masks every time you're out in public. Um, That's just because they do continue to see more and more cases. The growth of uh, confirmed COVID-19 cases in the South Bay is outpacing the growth of anywhere else in the county. Mm -hmm. And yesterday, a mix of local leaders kind of spoke out and demanded more tests. Uh, Why don't you explain what happened there? Yeah, it was a pretty interesting press conference that happened in Chula Vista yesterday. It involved the mayor of Chula Vista, uh, National City and Imperial Beach, and also the District 8 council member of San Diego. And they all took turns, you know, going up to the podium, taking out their mask, having somebody sanitize it and standing six feet apart. Um, So there was that whole aspect to it. But then also, more importantly, what they were talking about. And I think the mayor of Chula Vista, Mary Salas, said it best. Uh, She said we're losing patients. We want more testing in the South Bay and we want answers of how the county is going to help increase testing capacity and contact tracing in the South Bay. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like the existing inequities that existed in the county, you know, just had the possibility of making things worse in South County. When you explain some of the problems that are specific to the region that could make fighting COVID-19 more difficult? Yeah, definitely. So during that press conference, I asked the mayors and elected officials, why South Bay? Like, what what is it about that area that means cases are going up? And obviously, there's no definitive reason right now, right? There's just multiple factors. Uh, The mayor of Chula Vista said the obvious socioeconomic factor, right? Even within her own city, there are multiple, and you break it down by zip codes within Chula Vista, they are seeing the biggest clusters in some of the poorest zip codes of the city, whereas more affluent parts of Chula Vista in the east part of the city, their cases are at or below the levels of anywhere in San Diego. Um, Part of why that's an issue is because when you have low-income areas, normally speaking, there's poor nutrition, poor access to health care, and that's a bad combination with the coronavirus that seems to target and be more aggressive for people with pre-existing health conditions. Yes, certainly anything with uh, respiratory issues, which we know that there's more pollution at that part of the county that can make things even worse. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Another factor that the mayor of National City, Alejandra Sotelo Solis, brought up was the fact that there's just a lot of essential employees in the South Bay, right? People who work in grocery stores, uh, fast food places, hospitals, um, doctors and nurses, yes, but also the people who clean up the hospitals as well. Um, Those types of 
of workers tend to live in National City, Chula Vista, where housing is relatively less expensive than other parts of the county. And those people, because they're still working, they're out a little bit more exposed than people who are inside and they don't have time to rest and recuperate, really. Yeah, that's what we're hearing is that uh, isolation and quarantining is pretty much a privilege. Like, uh, I'm lucky enough to live alone, but there are many people who, you know, if they have jobs that require them to travel or use public transit, they're interacting with more people and their probability of getting COVID-19 is much more high than someone who's simply staying home, going to the grocery store every couple of days, that kind of existence that many San Diegans in more affluent areas are able to do. Oh, definitely. And the data backs it up. There's more uh, public transit users in the South Bay. Like one of the biggest, busiest trolley lines are the ones that start in San Ysidro and come all the way up um, along the county. Um, it was interesting at the press conference and even afterwards when I was interviewing folks involved in this, some of the other potential aspects are obviously the proximity to the border. Um, just because there's a lot of, um, there's a big expat community in Rosarito and Sonatas and those areas where there are American citizens who retired over there, uh, but they still come to the U.S. for their health care. And more often than not, their hospitals are in the South Bay. Um, one interesting piece of the equation, particularly when you look at the San Diego numbers, right, the city of San Diego numbers, uh, Council Member Vivian Moreno was at the press conference and was saying that, like Chula Vista, in San Diego, uh, places like Otay Mesa and San Isidro are getting hit harder than communities like uh, Point Loma or La Jolla. Uh, specifically with Otay Mesa, I thought it was really interesting that one of the potential reasons behind that is the Otay Mesa Detention Center, right? It's a privately run federal detention center where there has been a documented outbreak of uh, COVID-19. This impacts obviously not just the detainees living in the detention center, but also the staff, uh, many of whom are believed to live near the location of the detention center, so in the South Bay. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's certainly interesting because uh, besides being podcast host, uh, I'm a member of the graphics team, so I've been helping kind of make sense of the numbers that the county releases every afternoon. And you could see it that over time, the focus of it has been in the zip codes that comprise National City, Otay Mesa, and Chula Vista, and it's it's just stark before before it started out in uptown neighborhoods, er areas that had access to healthcare, and you know went to the doctor and they got tested. But now it's really shifted entirely to South Bay. Although it is worth noting that in the county press conferences, uh, the various health officials have been cautioning not to put too much stock in the zip code data because you know this is a disease. It's likely that there are ten times as many cases as are reported. But it does show that there are more people who got to the point to see their doctor to get tested that are in the southern part of the county, which is, you know, noteworthy that now it's affecting people who, you know, were already kind of getting the short end of the stick. That graphic is just wild. I mean, it tells you the whole picture, right? I mean, anyone with like no history of following this can see what areas are being impacted and which ones aren't. Mm -hmm. And if you're not listening to this live, and you're on the podcast, uh, just go to the Union Tribune website. We've been keeping all the graphics and maps pretty prominently on the site so you could see how things are changed, and we update those every day at 5. So one other thing that I was wondering, um, when it comes to diverse communities, information and, you know, getting, you know, the news uh, can often be a problem. Is that a factor here as well of, like, the message of what the governments are doing to help fight the disease may not be getting to these people as fast as, let's say, 
people living in richer areas? Potentially. I mean, there's no hard data backing that up, but certainly elected officials in Chula Vista believe so. Uh, specifically, like there's obviously cultural and, and uh, language issues, but there's a very real issue of the digital divide, right? People just don't have access to the internet. Uh, they can't get uh, email alerts from the city council. They can't get uh, updates on what's going on. Even their kids can't participate in, in online learning because they don't have online. Um, to address this, Chula Vista is working on a program to buy about 2,000 wireless hotspots and work with the school district to give them out to people, um, obviously to help kids learn, but also so that the city can better communicate their message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, information is key to really fighting this disease. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, but I'd like you to kind of explain the situation. Um, can you compare the outbreak in San Diego County and in Baja, California, because obviously Mexico took a different approach than the U.S. Uh, when dealing with this. And how is that having impacts on, you know, South County? Well, the biggest impact or the biggest difference was obviously one of time and when local governments decided to react. Um, and it was night and day between San Diego and Baja, California. I mean, I remember doing some reporting trips early on when some of the initial health orders were still coming along restaurants in San Diego were beginning to close. The mall at Las Americas in San Isidro was closed. Uh, there were fewer people on the streets. It was just the beginning, but you could already feel that the city was doing something to coordinate it and not just the city, but the state as well. You crossed the border and it was like, like almost like being in a little mini time machine, right? Everything was open. People were walking around in the streets, restaurants, bars, everything. And it was just sort of like, um, yeah, it's no big deal. It's the common cold and, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. I think the U.S. is overreacting. That was the mentality of the people I talked to. And I think it was also the mentality of the government over there. Um, and I think you, you kind of just see that in how things are playing out now with a surge in Tijuana. You, you, uh, Wendy Fry has reported great stories about how the hospitals there is are overburdened, over capacity, and there's a real shortage of medical supplies over there. Yeah, it seems like San Diego County and California managed to act fast enough to prevent this surge of, you know, not enough hospital beds or ventilators to happen. So it seems like we dodged that bullet, but, you know, still as an infectious disease, people are still dying every day. So we're kind of right in the middle of this battle. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for you, um, what do you see as kind of the, the next phase for this outbreak in South County? Uh, did, is there a plan to get more resources down there after the leaders demanded it? Well, there, there's actually on Monday, the county is opening up a new uh, drive-by testing site in Chula Vista. This was planned before the press conference uh, earlier this week, but it's going to be a, a similar testing site that they have in different parts of the county already, right? If you get... Mm -hmm. A referral from a doctor, you can go. It's not a public one where anyone can just kind of waltz up there and take the test. Uh, so that's something new that should help the South Bay at least get an idea of more, more data of how or what exactly is happening down there. The mm -hmm. county, when I spoke to them, they, they said, look, this is a regional issue. It's affecting the entire region. So our focus and our plan is a regional plan that will help the entire county. Now, with that said, there are things that the county could do to um, help identified hotspots within the county. So, for example, they pointed to uh, mobile health units 
they have these vans that they've used before, they can retrofit them, or they hope to potentially in the near future, retrofit them to do mobile COVID-19 testing that would be deployed to hotspots. Specifically now, it would be the South Bay, Chula Vista, National City, uh, El Cajon too, if you look at that map. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, finally, when um, covering this community that has much more essential workers than others, what are some kind of key things you think people need to understand about, you know, why it's different in this part of the county and others? I, I don't know if there's one thing. It's just different communities mm -hmm. with different people and different cultures. You know, it's um, I think it's easy to lose sight of how big and diverse the county is. Like It, it mm -hmm. takes almost an hour to drive from one end to the other more, depending on traffic. Um and there are so many people in there with so many different backgrounds. Um, I, I know to me, it just kind of makes sense that different regions would would react and be affected a little bit differently, right? The the COVID nineteen doesn't act differently on one city to another. It acts the same. But I think what it's doing is the impact that it's having is kind of uh, exacerbating or exposing or showing the inequalities that were already there and have already been there for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're kind of seeing this same story play out all across the U.S. And if you think about it, San Diego County is about the size of some eastern states. So, yeah, it makes sense. This diversity really does kind of shade our experience. I do want to note is, is that experts have seen that kind of um, trend in other parts of the country where low-income areas um, seem to be getting the brunt of the impact. So that's not something unique to the South Bay. That's being played out across the country. Mm -hmm. All right. Gustavo, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Now, your coronavirus update. San Diego County officials logged another 186 cases of COVID-19, bringing the total case count to 2,826. Two additional people were confirmed to have died from the virus, bringing the death toll to 102. San Diego County announced lifting restrictions on ocean access Friday, and it is now up to cities to decide when and how beaches will be open as soon as Monday. With restrictions lifted, cities can now choose to reopen the ocean to swimming, surfing, kayaking, and paddleboarding. Group activities on the beach are still banned. Residents can walk and run along the beach, but they cannot sit or lie down. Officials are also mandating that any resident who leaves their home must wear a face covering if they are going to be within six feet of an individual who is not a housemate. Navy leaders have recommended reinstating Captain Brett Crozier to his former position as commanding officer of the San Diego-based aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt. However, the recommendation is being held up by Defense Secretary Mark Esper. The Roosevelt has been peer-sighted in Guam since March 26th, coping with an outbreak of COVID-19. Captain Crozier was fired from command a week after a letter he sent to a handful of Navy captains and admirals asking for help to move thousands of sailors into quarantine off the ship due to COVID. The acting Navy secretary who fired him, Thomas Modley, subsequently resigned from his job on April 7th after a speech he gave to the crew over the ship's loudspeaker in which he insulted Crozier was also leaked to the press. In total, 856 Roosevelt sailors have tested positive for the virus as of Friday, with 100% of the crew tested. That's about 17% of roughly 5,000 sailors on board. And finally, here's a tease of something. Hi 
everyone, welcome to Name Drop San Diego, a new podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune. I'm Christy Totten. I'm Abby Hamblin, and we're your hosts. Name Drop San Diego is all about the fascinating people who have shaped San Diego and have been shaped by it. Each Tuesday, starting May 5th, you'll get to know a famous San Diegan or meet an interesting new person you can name drop to your friends. In season one, we have a really great lineup. You'll hear from John Foreman, the lead singer of Switchfoot. You'll also hear from Ellen Ochoa, the first Latina to go to space. And Ralph Rubio, a.k.a. the Fish Taco King, who founded Rubio's Coastal Grill. Our goal is to introduce you to influential locals, including musicians, activists, teachers, scientists, politicians, all the people who make up this great place we call home. Our guests will also name drop other San Diegans who are meaningful to them. So please join us as we get to know the people who make San Diego proud. Name Drop San Diego debuts May 5th, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We want to remind you that information is your first line of defense. The San Diego Union Tribune is dedicated to bring you the latest news in print, online, and on our podcasts. Right now, you can read our public health stories related to the virus online for free without hitting the paywall. But you can get all of our news at your fingertips, wherever and whenever you want if you're a subscriber. Don't miss a story. Go to uniontrib.com slash subscribe. Until next time.